it's so surreal to hear you. I know, isn't it crazy? I'm like, I'm cheesing over here. I don't know why. I'm just so excited to talk to the both of you. <laughs> no, I'm very happy to be. How, how have you been? I'm, I'm doing great. Yeah, life is very, very, very good. Did not complain. Can you, can you expound on that? What's so good about it right now? I got a new job. <laughs> I, I got a new job, which I really like. That's been going really well. Um, so I just don't have to worry so much anymore. I get to paint butterflies and moths and whales and then go home and hang out with Sydney and take care of my plants and the cats. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Do you, have you told her what your job is? I think I told, I told you when you, when I first interviewed for it. So I work at a little design studio in Greenpoint. It's this woman who is from Mexico and she started her own little studio and we do stationery, like wine labels, restaurants. I just did a store that's opening up in uh, Brooklyn. I did their logo. I drew like a rabbit. It was all different colors. It was really fun. Travis, that's, that's amazing. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Perfect. I'm, I feel like this isn't real, but I'm happy with it. What are you doing? Um, right now, I'm at home. I'm off today, which is nice. Um, I have two jobs. I'm in hustle mode right now. <laughs> um, what are your jobs? Them, I work at a physiotherapy clinic. Um, I'm just kind of doing admin stuff. And then the other one, I work at a, a cafe that sells, like, really amazing uh, baked goods. So, That's um, awesome. Yeah, I'm really happy with it. Um, I think being somewhere, <clears throat> um, like, being here and not really having a, a community yet, um, yeah. these jobs kind of give me, like, access to people. And that's kind of what I wanted. Like, I just want to meet people. I just want to talk to people, you know. Um, and I want to just work somewhere yeah, where. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, that, that didn't happen for me until I started working at Chutney is meeting people. And that's really when my community here in New York began. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah you got to get yourself out there. I'm, I'm, I miss it. I miss it. Because there's, there's also something about, like, you know, just being with people who you've known for, like, <laughs> nearly, you know, a decade. Nearly. You know, yeah. it's, there's something really special about that. So kind of starting over is um, interesting. It's a very interesting thing. Um, and also because, I don't know, when I left New York, I felt like I was on the edge of, like, feeling what it is that I want to do. Like, yeah. I felt it happening. And then I left. And now I'm like, can I pick that up here? You know? Um, so part of me is just Have trying to... Hmm? Yeah. Have you found any, like clarity or like introspection since moving to New Zealand that you some did not expect or... some oh I, the clarity was how lazy I was actually <laughs> that's that's kind of been the clarity a bitch is lazy um yeah. which is you know realizing like I've kind of been in the way uh and not trusting um that I can do the thing that I want to do you know like that's why I appreciate you you you've been an artist for a long time and you know you have to do it. Like it's like, if you don't do it, I'm sure there's something that just doesn't feel something is missing. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I, I <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. See, I don't know that I have a, a thing like that. I think it's, it's, it's more of a, a relating to people thing. Like when I can't be with people in a certain context, I get, you know, I don't know there's something missing. So I want to, yeah. I want to work on, um, building this thing out and I've been doing some research, which has been great. And, 
Um, you know what is funny? Uh, I talked to Frankie the other day. She's so great. Mm. I know. I love Frankie. She's got a web series coming out. Um, and she's also doing a podcast. So I'm really awesome. excited for her. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, wow. we were talking about the, some things the other day. And she was like, you know, she's like, like, she was trying to, because I was telling her about my struggles with developing my shit. Um, and she was just like, uh, sorry, I'm not recording this. I'm just talking. I mean, it's recording, but I'm just talking to you because I haven't talked to you mad long. <laughs> uh, but she was just saying that, like, she's like, Brandon, you've never had a piece of your own pie. She's like, you're, you're already, you're always everybody else's cheerleader. She's like, but mm-hmm. you, you don't even know how to, to kind of turn that in on yourself and kind of work for yourself in that way. And she had this metaphor of me, like there being like a eight slice pie and me never getting a piece. Oh, and I was yeah. like, I was like, oh fuck. What would it look like if I, I learned how to be my own cheerleader, you know? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I know exactly how you feel. That's something that I struggle with a lot. And yeah. uh, it's it's difficult to advocate for yourself. It's, it's so much easier. And it's also a lot more immediately rewarding to advocate for other people. It is. Not that that isn't incredibly valuable, but it's scary to turn that back on yourself. It is scary. It's terrifying. I don't know. The stakes seem so much larger. Yeah. Um. But anyway, not, well, I hope that not to bum, <laughs> bum us out. <laughs> it's important to think about. Yeah. I hope you're getting some of that out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. Um, I, I, I just, I'm on the upswing of something right now, which is really great. It's nice. But um, yeah. How's Sydney? Good. She's happy. Yeah. I can tell. Yeah. I mean, if Instagram <laughs> is anything. I mean, yeah, I don't know how much you can actually tell, but it appears... Um, like, I love seeing her smile. I love <laughs> I love seeing you guys travel and, like, you know, oh, we've been do to do cute that, shit. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing. My job, I love my job. It's I'm usually there until, like, 8 or 9 at night. So I don't see as much. Of, I'm trying to make sure that the time that we do spend together is more meaningful and more, you know, make the best of it. So How do you do that? How do you make time with your partner more meaningful? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Um, <laughs> well... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when, you know, I really, really try to, we, we, we both try to make sure that we uh, don't get stuck in little details, you know? It's like the worst feeling yeah. is when you have a fight, and then afterwards, you're like, what were we even fighting about? You know, I hate that feeling when you're like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make you upset, like, I really, you know, I really care about you, I didn't mean to say things that hurt you, and we are very good at focusing on just avoiding that whole preliminary step. Just being very upfront, very honest, very blunt, which she's very blunt, which, you know, it's something that at first was very overwhelming, but I think we've both learned how to incorporate that in a really positive way in our lives. So we're just together, you know, I try to use my phone less. I try to, we try to look at things that are pretty, as simple as that sounds, but just, you know, to be overjoyed and to be uh, excited by things and to just share that and just sit in that feeling. You know, just take your time. We we have like a day. We just do whatever we feel like doing. We have no real plans, no real. We're not in any rush to get anywhere. Mm. You know, mm. I don't know. I I just got. Travis, <laughs> I love you. I love you so much, and you. I'm so excited to hear your voice and like hear your joy <laughs> and you know, knowing that Sydney's a part of that. Like, I'm I'm just so happy, man. 
I'm really happy for you. I really appreciate that. Seriously. Makes me happy. Seriously. So anyway, um, Terrence. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. How you doing? Besides emotional. Yeah. What's been up? Um That's water. (laughs) No no. That's Travis pouring some water. No one's peeing. Um just teaching a lot and I think um you know after the last month or two or like month or whatever have you can you hear me okay mm-hmm. okay um I think I've been trying to bring more focus to hmm trying to be more aware of how my internal mood affects people uh, that I care about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think also, I mean, not to like have a pity party, <laughs> but like the last couple months have been like kind of a lot for some yeah. reason. Um, but not in the sense of like, I don't know, sometimes moments in life can feel like a lot and it's like, just feels overwhelming. Uh, last couple months have felt like a lot, but it also feels like valuable. It also feels like there's a little bit more, I guess, like receptiveness in myself to acknowledge it as um, opportunities to learn not that it's easy it's always hard <laughs> but but I do feel like I've I've given myself more space to like gather information rather than just say well fuck things have been hard that sucks um yeah so I, I am definitely like so much more aware about even just like I don't know that I could t- I could be so much more considerate of people um <laughs> I could be so much more compassionate because I I can be really self-centered. Um, sorry, I don't know why this is going there right now, but no, uh, do what you need to. Um, yeah, so it's been like a couple months of just like hard lessons that just kind of keep appearing. Um, but I know it's for growth. When I, when I saw Jim the other day, he was, he said Mm -hmm. this thing about like suffering and he was like, you know, people just suffer. Like that's just kind of what it is. You know, life is like not, he didn't say that, but like life isn't easy. It's like you either suffer for the sake of suffering or you suffer for the sake of transformation. Mm -hmm. Um... You know, and I've seen more possibility of transformation recently, which is cool. Maybe it has something to do with me getting older, but I just know there's so much more, there's so much work to be done. What kind of transformation are you looking for? Mm. To be honest, I feel like the main thing is that I think a lot of my uh, focus attention is um, 
really internal and I think I can make people feel seen more, especially people that are very important to me in my life. Mm. <clears throat> can I ask you a question? Yeah. You love those questions. <laughs> give, me the, give me the questions. You know I, <laughs> I love. I, can I ask you a question? You know I still that from you now. I, whenever me and Alari get into an argument, I'm like, can I ask you a question? <laughs> Cause you know it's like it's like sometimes you gotta creep in. You can't just like kick the door in. You know uh, what I mean? I'm like so, <laughs> boom. They're like, oh whoa. <laughs> I was gonna ask you: Do you ever ask? You know, since you're concerned about, you know, how you could possibly give people a space to be heard do you ever ask them how they want to be heard or like do, do you ask them how can I be with you to better support you like, mm. or do you just kind of guess okay. mostly guessing uh, mostly guessing probably because it's just or maybe not even guessing but mostly just like doing what I'm doing <laughs> without that consideration <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> being honest yeah. Uh, so I think I, you know we've had conversations, Brianna, recently where you've kind of asked that a similar question of me, and you know I think I'm trying to incorporate it more. Is basically what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to broaden my scope of like what's happening. Rather than just, like, what I'm feeling. You know, like, what's happening? What is that other person experiencing? That's what I would like. Yeah. That's what I'm looking to do. But you know what I think it is? I think I just run into... For me, the way that I see it is, like, habitual ways of being. Like, actions, habits. Like, instant responses without being aware yeah. And I think that's that's the main thing for me is like how to kind of learning or giving myself moments to kind of like break out of those moments that feel so reactionary and so impulsive. You know, and, and it could be like a pure reaction of myself, but it it could also be about like uh judgments of people or you know, um kind of like limiting their possibilities. We kind of talked about similar things like last week when we recorded about listening you know actually listening to someone you know? it's hard to listen it's hard to uh, make yourself vulnerable like that mm-hmm. when you're really really listening mm-hmm. opening up you really have to set yourself aside yeah and that's a that's difficult it's valuable but it's really difficult mm-hmm. and it's just yeah. practice yeah. there bear you know like Mm-hmm. I think I'm struggling with the, well, I struggle with the concept of failure at things, but then I know it's inevitable, you know? So it's like on one end, I'm like super aware, building up to something that this, like for relationship wise mm-hmm. or whatever, like, oh, this could end. Oh, I could fuck this up. Oh, what if, you know, I'm this or I'm that mm-hmm. based on previous things. You know what I mean? Right. Um, <laughs> but it, it, 
it's kind of when I go in and there's no preconception, which is a rarity, but it does happen when I go in and there's like nothing already. I'm not judging mm-hmm. anything. I don't have a, uh, an idea of how this is going to go. You know, that things like I, I realize that I'm already on the other side of whatever I thought I was going to have to go through. You know what I'm saying? Like that suffering didn't happen in the, <laughs> for this one thing. But again, it's like, it's such a rare experience to be honest. It's so rare where I just like, there is no, nothing in my mind as I'm like with a person, you know? I mean, it's harder. I think it's a lot harder with like, like mm-hmm. my boyfriends, you know, in my life, my relation, my romantic relationships have been the hardest. Um, and I think what we're talking what we're going to be talking about today, I think that has something to do with it. Um, like harnessing both of my energies, both my masculine and my feminine energies to, to kind of like create something that's healthy and maybe mm. it's not neutral, but it's flexible. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think sometimes I get stuck in the rigidity of an aspect of myself that needs to feel hardened or, you know, critical or, um, you know, that it, and, and I don't think that works for a person like on the other end of it. I don't think it's, it's necessarily like beneficial to both of us um, when I get like that, you know, or when I'm just completely like accommodating or n- nurturing to a point where, you know, I even maybe diminish myself, you know, it's, I don't know, maybe trying to find some semblance of, of balance, um, mm. you know, and flexibility um, so that when we're in relation to other people, you know, maybe it becomes like a second nature, what shows up, you know, something fills in, um, I don't know, it's like a lava lamp, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just kind of like always moving and, and shifting and shaping to kind of fit whatever is around it, whatever the surroundings and the people need around us, you know, I, I want to harness that more, more. I want that in my life a little bit more, you know, I want that to be something that I can readily just use and happen. You know, I don't want there to always be these short stops and these like huge, like walls in between me being with someone. Um, And I mainly speak of like, you know, I, I will say like it happens with, uh, you know, my dad still happens with my dad. You know, I thought I got rid of my daddy issues. <laughs> they are still there alive and well. They like to provide issues. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> they, they did, they did some work. That's all I have to say. Um, <laughs> uh, that's not much of an introduction, but, um, <laughs> hello. <laughs> <laughs> so hello everyone welcome back to another episode of Bruce Ego. Um, myself Brianna across across the world and our guest today Travis DeMello hello Travis <laughs> <laughs> is like hi <laughs> yeah um so Travis do you want to just like Introduce yourself. Tell, tell tell a little bit about yourself. I don't know. I'm, I'm Travis. I um. I don't know what's there to say. I I, I guess I I am an artist. I I like to paint. I like to take a lot of photography. Uh, I'm very 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 
captivated by nature. I grew up in upstate New York in the woods, and uh, that's where I feel most comfortable and most at home. Um, yeah, that's really me. <laughs> Travis cool. has the best Instagram, dead ass. If you g- <laughs> check his Instagram out, I don't think I, I mean, sometimes, Travis, I creep on your page just because it feels so good <laughs> to, to see the world I the way that you that. do. It is. I don't know. Well, that's the whole point of why I do what I do. That's, yeah. I want people to see the beauty that I mm-hmm. see and to feel as affected by it and to feel as, uh, I don't know. There's this Annie Dillard line that I love where she says, she's like, when I'm at a dinner party and I tell somebody that a caterpillar has 200 muscles in their face, she's like, I am not just trying to make small talk. I am trying to change their world and alter their perception of reality. Mm. And that's exactly how I feel. You know, like it just blows my mind how deeper, how deeply you can get into something and you see uh, a story or just like a, a a world that, that you could pass right by. I don't know. There's just, you know, it's like a a, a narrative. There are things living, there are things existing. Mm. I don't know that. And just like beauty is, present and to be receptive of that beauty is I think the most valuable thing personally that I can do and it's what I hope to share and you do <laughs> I, I can say firsthand experience that just knowing you and being friends with you um, you have a very unique gift of pulling people into that way of seeing mm. and it's really Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I love you guys. <laughs> I love my friends. I just do. I'm so lucky. So grateful. Um, <clears throat> I feel very thankful. Uh, so today we are talking uh, about, it's going to be wide, it's going to be vague, it's going to be specific, but we are speaking about the energies that make us up and that we call upon in all facets of our life, um, and those are our feminine and masculine energies, how we use them, how we abuse them, how we create them, and how we balance them. Um, so yeah, that's what we're discussing today. Um, I think, you know, I'm just, I'm going to re- recall back to my childhood. Um, so... Growing up, I had my sister, who was older than me, and, you know, who, who I looked up to, at, to a certain extent, but also had lots of conflict with, especially when we were young. Um, now we're cool. Love you, Thea. <laughs> um, but I definitely had her as, like, a, a role model to some extent. Mm, and... But maybe it wasn't that. I don't know. I also grew up very shy. My point is, is that growing up, I definitely felt a lot more connected to a feminine type of energy. Um, more so, I would say, probably than now. Not that I don't feel connected to it, but I think uh, as a result of feeling very connected to it when I was younger, and then carrying that with me into like, grade school, middle school, uh, there was a lot of kind of demonization of that energy or like not, or not feeling like it was acceptable for me to feel connected to that energy or that it was right. 
Um, so I definitely feel like I suppressed it or like made myself um, built up walls that kind of uh, blocked me from accessing it as much. Um, and, 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 you know, when I, when I think about like, like what made me connected to those qualities, I think I had a lot more, um, connection to like an intuitive side of myself. I, I spoke with like a little softness in my voice. I moved my body in just ways that feel, felt good and like things that, uh, maybe were like not acceptable in terms of like a little uh boy black boy growing up in Houston uh you know it's e even from like family members like my father um being like why do you talk like that you know you've been hanging out with Thea and her friends too much or why are you walking like that like stop moving your hips side to side kind of a thing um and I remember specifically, this, sorry, there's no clear narrative here, but this is just things that are coming to mind. Uh, specifically, uh, one time in the neighborhood, playing in the cul-de-sac, leaving my friend's house, and I was walking um, from their backyard, through the gate, along the side of their house, back toward my house, and the ground was uneven. And so I was walking with one foot on like a higher piece of ground and one foot on the other piece of ground. And so when I stepped on one foot, it made my hips sway side to side, right? And I was walking in this way and I was very aware that it was like kind of like quote unquote girly, but I was really kind of like completely engrossed in this like feeling that it felt really good just to move my body like that. Like, feeling my torso move side to side and my hips and stuff like that just felt really awesome. And I was really happy in that moment. And then there was a, a neighborhood kid who came up behind me and he saw me and then he called me a faggot. And then I, I, I remember just, like, feeling so confused and sad and hurt and, like, I did something wrong. But all I knew is that, like, what I was doing felt really good. Um, and I remember being that being a really pivotal moment, or at least a moment that, like, sticks, stuck with me in, in my memory uh, of, like, connecting with the side of myself that felt different than something that was more rigid or more hard or more direct and something that felt very sensual in a way, you know, in terms of, like, senses uh not necessarily sexual because i wasn't like in touch with that at that age so much but it was just sensual in a very like uh organic feeling and that's all it was to me you know it wasn't about any roles or something that i should be doing or shouldn't be doing it just felt good and then it, it was immediately met with like that's bad that's wrong um was a very confusing moment for me. <laughs> um, is that, yeah. an, is mm -hmm. that an energy that you feel like you try to access or tap into now that you're older? I think I could tap into it more. Mm -hmm. Do you think that even mm -hmm. like your yoga practice might be an extension of tapping into that? Oh, no, it definitely feels, it definitely helps me connect into it more for sure. 
And that's good. That's like an, yes, that's like a really great uh, space for that. It's a really great opportunity for that. But even just like having it because it, because it is like a part of myself, I also acknowledge the fact that like I could, like I wonder what, what it would be like to be more in touch with that on just like an mm. everyday level. Just like an experiential level of like interacting with the world in that way. Like being able to carry um, access to that and how that could change, you know, what I, what I, what I take in, what I give to people. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's interesting to think about. <laughs> I mean, when we decided on this yeah. episode, I remember being like, oh man, how does that work? Like, I'd never, to be real, like, I don't, it's rare that I, like, look at my life through the lens of, of, uh, my energies, I guess, um, or just who I'm being, you know, um, well, that's not true, but, um, thinking about some of these things, I thought about a moment, um, where I was in Texas, I was in Houston, my nephew and I, uh, and my dad, were um, walking out of a store. And my nephew started walking, he started walking in a way that I think kind of probably would, it sounds like it looked like it felt the way that you did when you were on that uneven ground. Like he had found a new way of moving and somehow he Mm. was having a good time. It felt good to him. He was smiling, he was in a great mood, you know? And I just, I thought it was the sweetest thing ever because I just, I love seeing kids explore themselves, you know, because they're so new to themselves, they have less stuff in the way of actually feeling joy and feeling peace than I say, I think we do as older people. But Mm. so he's enjoying himself. And my dad yells at him to stop walking like a sissy. And I lose my shit. Um, I lose my shit. And I I didn't want to do it in front of my dad. um, But I lose my shit. Because I want my nephew to grow up with the freedom to choose anything he wants to choose. I want him to know what peace feels like. I want him to like have access to that from an early age to feel okay in his body. Doing whatever the fuck he wants to do. Like he loves to dance. And I fear, like in that moment, I just felt like, something expressive was being squashed, you know, not, and it the expression didn't represent a gender. It didn't represent anything other than joy. That's it. And my dad just kind of attacked it. How long ago was that? It was probably like a year ago. And, mm-hmm. um, that's so pretty. Yeah. My nephew's seven. And, uh, I just remember getting in the car and like ripping my dad to pieces, you know, and um, I felt kind of ashamed afterwards because I did it in front of my nephew, but I just, I understand that my dad's generation grew up under conditions that were very oppressive and not just from society, but within their own families. You know, my dad, it was hard Mm. for him to enjoy things that he really truly enjoyed. And I think it's taken him a long time to like give 
space to those things and it not be, you know, it not mean something about him that feels uh, small. Um, and so his reaction to my nephew had nothing to do with my nephew. I, I, I understand that. But that day someone, you know, caused you a faggot because you, you're experiencing your body. You're experiencing your hips, which is a beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. space in the body. It's a beautiful space in the body yeah. um, for anyone, you know. Uh, but to, I don't know, that moment sticks out for me because it wasn't, I think it did. I, and I'm going to go as far as saying I think it did affect my nephew because even right now, like, he doesn't dance anymore. He doesn't dance like he used to, hmm. you know. He doesn't just do it when he wants to. You know what I mean? He He's into video games and, you know, I don't know. Like, things have become very defined right now for him. And I fear that that kind of disconnect from all aspects of who he is is going to create another emotionally stuck human being in his future, you know? I don't know if that's a fear based on that, mm-hmm. that experience. And I'm sorry it took so long to say it, but I just, <laughs> it happens when we're young. You know what I mean? Like, the, these things, I, I think it happened with me and with Terrence. I, I, I think it's happened with a lot of people that you get formed. You, you become informed about one aspect of your energies being unacceptable. You know, and off, mm-hmm. off limits mm-hmm. to you. You know what I mean? And it just stays with you for a good portion of your life. You know, we, we spend our entire, our adult lives trying to sift through that shit and, and become comfortable with who we really are, you know? So wild how one sentence can stick with you for years oh, and yeah. guide you for years <laughs> and shape you in what, you know, it's like if you hadn't heard that one sentence, one, you know, derogatory sentence right. how much baggage you would have you would be free from having to process and deal with not that dealing with that baggage isn't a, a very valuable experience it's it's helpful to for me personally i i, I know being seen you know when i was growing up i you know especially in high school i went to school every day and i wore makeup and i thought it was really fun and seeing or having reactions to people who, uh, you know, would would call me, I don't know, I mean, I, I grew up in a very liberal town, but it was still, you know, it was a liberal town surrounded by a lot of kind of more rural communities, um, a lot of homophobia, but I think being faced with the homophobia um, really, really forced me to stand up for myself and to be comfortable with who I was. You know, I'm I'm grateful for that experience. I'm grateful for being forced to analyze myself and to tell people that there's something wrong with the way I want to express myself. I think that's very, very valuable. You know, those those experiences are difficult, uh, but I I feel personally like the best ways to process them is to own them and to use them to shape yourself for the better, rather than letting yourself be limited by them. As difficult as as that is, and it takes years. You know, it's something that every year I, I rediscover and reassess and reevaluate uh, and hopefully come out 
the other end of it for the better. I keep being um, transported back to my childhood as well. Um, like, I don't know, something's just like, it's going back. It's going back. And, um, I mean, I was considered a tomboy growing up. You know, that's kind of the the thing, the label, you know, before I grew boobs was, you know, everyone was like, ah, that's Michael's little sister playing in the mud or like, you know what I mean? Going down to the bayou and shit. Um, and then at a certain point, um, I don't know. I was like all of a sudden like something else, you know, I don't know. But I think I've always relied on a more masculine energy because I've needed, I felt like I've needed more protection and I've needed mm-hmm. more strength. And I don't know how these attributes have been codified into, you know, masculine and feminine, but um, I'm just speaking in the, in the very like, uh, I guess the, the way in which we, describe these energies now, you know, the Shiva and the Shakti, you know, the yin and the yang, mm-hmm. um, kind of, um, basic language. Uh, but I guess, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've just always felt like I've needed to, to stand very, very tall in a way that's almost defensive. And I've, I think I've had this thing for a really, mm-hmm. really, really, really long time. Um, and I, it's still very hard to deal with. I would say being at Chutney was probably one of the first times in my life I had to learn how to adjust it and and manipulate my strength so that it wasn't always so defensive, um, which was like a really hard lesson to learn. Um, and I feel like I had to hurt a lot of people and also just deal with my own self for years in order to even see that reflection, you know, um, when you were a, a kid and people would call you a when when you were a kid and people would call you a tomboy did you feel like that was that an identity that you that you could relate to and that you felt was accurate yeah, yeah. yeah. i loved it i i enjoyed it it gave me it gave me like space it gave me room to move you know i didn't want to be uh i didn't care a lot about like things um I just wanted to have fun. I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. I wanted to ride my bike. I wanted to run around. You know, I wanted to play with my animals. Like, I just I just wanted to live freely, you know? And I think that's something that I didn't want to be told how I could be. And mm-hmm. I think after a while, you know, you're a kid, you start noticing things. People start telling you things, you know, dress more ladylike. And, and that, that goes into, like, the gender roles and the very like gender specific ways that I think people want you to relate to within yourself. But, but I've, as a, as a woman, I've always felt a very strong sense of my, my masculine energy. I've, I've just, it's, it's been so grounding. And, and even though I think it's been very like um, chaotic and confrontational in my life, I think it's also given me space to just, to, to stand up for myself and like to take the room that I wanted, you know, take the space that I wanted rather than wait kind of for it to be granted to me. Or, you know, I just, I wanted that. I wanted to just be comfortable with say that. Um, so it wasn't like negative to me. Um, but I think that maybe in, now that I'm growing up, like I, it, it also has 
had an an adverse effect in ways too because I've relied so much on that, so heavily on that, that it's hard for me to show people my my own suffering or to to soften sometimes. It's really hard for me to do that because I don't know. Like, you know, there's a sense like maybe I'll lose something or maybe I'll be made small again or something. Hmm. It is difficult to show your vulnerability. Uh, It takes a lot of trust in somebody to give them that side of yourself. But it's like a different type of strength, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree. It feels like a different... And I'm doing I'm doing it more now in my life, I guess. But it does feel What are you doing? What are you doing specifically to, to put that side of yourself forward and share it with people? I think talking about it is is something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. What's your response been since putting that side of yourself? Well, out? I know it's it's conditional. I know I do it with some people. And I don't do it with others, you know. Um, I don't know. It just feels really hard. I don't know. I've been so ready to just uh, attack, you know. I've been so, Mm -hmm. I don't know, so on the defense, you know. Uh, And so ready to just, like, assert myself. Um, it, It harkens back to... For me, it harkens back to an older time for me where I was like that 24-7. It was so exhausting and so alienating, you know? Um, and now I'm having to, like, experience it again in a different place, in a different circumstance. And it's it's difficult, you know? Like, I think... Terrence, you were speaking a little bit about this earlier. Just, I don't know. Sometimes I don't, I don't know how to, to soften and, and and always nurture. Always is not going to be something that ever happens, you know. But because I just I don't know how to deal with the things that I don't like or that I struggle with in a healthy way sometimes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because I don't know, I, I I don't know, and I think if I could tap more into a communicative side of myself, and you know, there are things I've been able to do at times that just lately I ha- I can't call upon. You know, I can't soften my face, and I can't, you know, take deep breaths. You know, it's like they're not available to me. That's how it feels. I mean, I understand what you mean and how how you want to soften that side of yourself. I wonder if there's some value in letting yourself be... I mean, you don't want to be hurtful, but letting yourself 
live in that harder space and yeah. see what that feels like and see if there's something there that you're that you need that you're pushing against you know if you can express those things i mean that's you know you don't want to be harsh you don't want to be uncaring you don't want to be unsympathetic right. you don't want to be angry but at the same time you do want to be strong and firm and resolute in who you are and what you need and what you want and if you can figure out ways to convey that without being hurtful you know maybe maybe you don't have to try to push that hardness away if you can embrace it and make it a part of you because you know those kinds of things they don't they don't ever really go away you know you can't you can't ever really find a fix yeah and then alter the way you respond to things but if you can understand your responses and you can understand your your processes and the way that you communicate with people and then you just fine tune them or you learn to apply them in ways that are maybe a little bit more beneficial or healthy yeah hmm. i don't know and maybe it's like you know we're talking about kind of embodying these these different types of uh like ways of being you know even if we're like um We're bringing them to like yeah masculine and feminine and they could those those words can embody so much um, but I feel like it's kind of what you were talking about before kind of like that balance that um, like you compared it to a lava lamp like this this thing that's like constantly moving and shifting and I think a lot of times in our um world that we live in with families with society with social constructs with personal ideas of who we are who we can be or what's acceptable to be is that we feel you know i have felt in the past that like uh maybe one way should be is better or maybe one way Mm -hmm. is not as good um but i think it's that's the amazing thing about it is that like I can be a man, but I can embody this feminine energy, this feminine spirit, as well as masculine energy. You know, you can embody something that's more nurturing, that's more creative or receptive, and also something that's very directional and very uh, action-driven and very, um, you could even say, like, ego-driven, you know? But, like, they... there's a flux, there's a balance that can be embodied possibly, yeah. you know. Um, and mm-hmm. I think and I think maybe there's some maybe there is some like ingrained idea in our heads that like we have to be one or the other. I mean the society we live in is very like black and white very this or that when, you know, when you look back to like older even indigenous societies in this in this country oftentimes they didn't have like only two gender roles or only two ways right. of being there were like people who were viewed as like embodying both men and women like fem- feminine energy equally you know and it was definitely more acceptable and then we had you know european white people come over <laughs> and ruin shit 
Um, <laughs> that's what they do. He's going out. <laughs> fucking things up. talked about this like when I said you know it's like you not being able to paint or create art and I feel like I haven't had a place to go I haven't had a place to be with people where I can just be this fully expressed person you know and maybe that's it's on me I haven't just allowed myself to take up that space you know because of one reason or another um you know I have been trying to soften um a little bit of my combative energy, my, my, uh, you know, I've been wanting to be softer here. Um, because also in New Zealand, they have one of the highest suicide rates amongst like young people, you know, so they make on one hand, like I really want to be expressive and I really want to have the space to, to be my own emotional self. And then on the other end, I, I want to be conscious that maybe some, maybe here, at least not now, or maybe in this city or maybe around these people that I'm around, um, you know, not to overgeneralize, but in my personal experiences with specific people, maybe there's just not a safety for them to give that up, you know, and maybe that's something that I have to be patient to create, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But... It takes time to relearn how to how to be. Yeah, yeah. How to communicate. Oh yeah, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, <laughs> I I do think like I mean I I say I I do love my life, um, and it might be hard right now in certain aspects, um, but I do I do love that I am very aware, right, of 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 these energies working within me even though I can't always be conscious enough in a moment to call upon one um, and be more flexible at times. um, Like I'm grateful that I even get to exist in a world where I, I'm going to be like, fuck it. I'm going to try and fail at this every fucking day until I feel more at peace. You know, like I'm grateful because my parents didn't, didn't have that kind of freedom. Like it was mm. a an an issue of physical safety, and it still is a, an issue of physical safety to be expressive. It's it's an issue of emotional safety to be a sensitive quote unquote man, an emotionally giving man. It's a sensitive place to be in. It's a sensitive physical environment and emotional environment to be a very assertive and quote unquote aggressive woman to ask for things, you know, like I find that I say no a lot, but there are times when no is what I feel because I need space, you know? Um, so I think that, that navigating it, it can be physically, um, difficult. It can be emotionally difficult. Uh, one can, I have been 
in positions where I didn't feel comfortable or safe um, expressing myself um, or even like standing up for myself, you know? So there's all these things that I think it's, it's never going to be one thing or the other. It's never going to be a right time or a wrong time. I think it just, it's like going back to the flexibility of, of the flexibility Mm -hmm. of being, you know, and allowing that Mm -hmm. balance to happen. Like you said, Terrence, when you talk about physical or like, you know, safety, um, do you want me to give hmm. you like an example? Well, maybe, but I think I think I know what you're t- what you're talking about. I never really kind of put it yeah. into those terms, but I think that when I think about like what I was talking about, um, being more connected to a side of myself that might have been seen as more feminine, um, you know, younger, but even even now. Even like, you know, and this is a little bit different, but like walking down the street with like Alari and like wanting to be affectionate or like be, uh, you know, like more expressive uh, physically does feel unsafe Mm -hmm. to me. And that's a weird, (laughs) that's a weird place to be. Like... That shouldn't, obviously that shouldn't be the case, but it is. And like, how much of it is in my mind? Probably a lot of it. Um, but at the same time, I know that part of it is a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it could be, it could be in terms of like my sexuality, in terms of just like personal expression of whatever quote unquote energy that I'm feeling. Uh, but I do think a lot of it does actually come down to like a physical sense of uh, safeness that actually gives me space to like feel more fully expressive. And I definitely think that I've like limited myself in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, maybe it's like fear. Like fear of doing something like not right or something that would put me in harm or something that would cause me to be, uh, you know, seen as, as like lesser than or like mm-hmm. ungood. Um, yeah, that's a reality. That's real. I don't know if that's what you were talking about, but yeah, that's it. That's it. You know, um, I would love to live in a world where I don't feel that. Yeah, me too. And maybe, but you know what? And then I see people who obviously feel less of it. And, uh, or maybe they don't, but there's less um, restriction on their expressiveness and, like, less care about, like, what other people think or might say. Um, you know, but to a certain extent, it is it is still a real thing. Like, people, some people, like, their unopenness to to possibilities of people sometimes like invites violence and that's real yeah it is <laughs> you know and violence physically but also violence verbally or violence uh with body language or violence with like i don't know 
Yeah, I would love to be able to exist in, in a space that's like freer of that fear. Yeah. I think I would, it would be great to have my strength and my, my assertiveness to be, you know, more worked with. I, I, I think sometimes in my experiences, you know, it gets labeled pretty quickly, you know, like I'm a bitch or, you know, um, it's unattractive for me to be so sure of what I want sometimes. Or like, I can remember the first time I told a guy that I was unsatisfied sexually, he asked, right? And I told him the truth. (laughs) I was not satisfied. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time it was like, I think I I could almost see his attraction to me just fading. You know, like (laughs) 10 minutes ago when you had a dick in me, you were all about this. And now you're just like, <laughs> like it's gone, you know? And it's like processing that stuff. It's, it's difficult to, you know, and that was in my early twenties, but to think about that moment and just to like feel okay saying, like, mm-hmm. if you ask me something and I'm giving you my, my truth that we can find a space where I'm not diminishing you and you're not diminishing me. Um, but I still get to say what it is that I say and feel how I feel and not have it be like unattractive or bitchy or or even on the adverse side, like weak, you know, and small. Um, I think I've been afraid for a long time of, of Terrence, you were saying earlier that, you know, you want to give people a space to feel heard. I think for most of my life, I've felt pretty much unheard. Mm. Um, as a young woman, as a young woman. So I spent the last part of my life kind of pushing so hard to be seen and heard in, in romantic relationships, pushing back so hard that I've like ended up fighting most of the people I've been with. And that, that's kind of been a defensive thing. You know, it's been something to, to take or, um, something that I'm just using to make up for, you know, the lack of flexibility that I had growing up. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, I guess, you know, maybe just jumping off the ledge each time is, is, is is what you do. And I I, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, um, but I mean, maybe just taking the leap of faith that if I get to express myself the way that I want to, whether it is more assertive and, and, um, in the vein of my like uh, masculine uh, Shiva energy, you know, that I'll still be safe and I'll still be loved. Like no one's going to leave. And if they leave, you know, that's not because I made them leave. Hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like create my own safety, create my own sense of emotional well-being around me, even though my circumstances might seem otherwise. You know what I mean? Well, that's the most rewarding is if you can present yourself as honestly as possible and somebody receives that honestly and then hopefully yeah. you know that same that extends to the way they treat you that extends to the way that your relationship or your you know your friendship or whatever it might be what you know hopefully that that embodies it and you both are better for it yeah 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 like it's weird i, I feel energetic from that kind of thought 
even the thought of it kind of is like, oh, well, just create it. It's so rewarding if you can be that mm-hmm. and it's, it's there and it's healthy. I mean, you can't, you can't suppress it. You know, you can't hold that side of yourself back. Then it's like, what's the point of, of being you if, you, if you're going to hide yourself? Well, see, that's the thing. So you have to put you it You can suppress yeah. it. And you're almost, I think, mm-hmm. like in my own personal experiences, <laughs> I have been encouraged to suppress it. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think you're right about that kind of being like, it's, it's kind of to my detriment. I don't get to fully live. I don't get to fully, you know, express my life the way I want it to be expressed and and show that as an example to my nephew even like you can be anybody you want to be you can inhabit any emotional and physical space you want you know you you might have to create it and it might be hard and it might not be popular and you might get a lot of shit for it but you'll feel like your your full self you know and that's that's what I want and Mm -hmm. I think with that comes some sense of peace when you when you said like create like you like you might have to create it like that safe space mm-hmm. I think that's like I think that's the thing I think that's like obviously what yeah gives you a sense of freedom or peace, but also you know it, it it's it's not to deny like that that oppression or restriction. Uh, doesn't exist from the outside but rather that you have the ability to create something different and Mm -hmm. yeah it might rub up against resistance but it also also might inspire something else else as creative as like life-giving because ultimately i think that's what it is like when we have these restrictions on ourselves or on other people about ways that they should exist or ways that they should embody certain qualities um, that we're, like, not granting them their life. (laughs) We're not granting them their possibility to to exist uh, as expressively, as creatively uh, as is possible. So I think when you, like, start to create these, your own safe space, and you envision it for yourself and give it to yourself that's that's the change that's like what maybe could inspire someone else to like yeah do the same you know or recognizing themselves where they might be limiting themselves or mm-hmm. um you know it's okay to- kind of a different subject but kind of related i was talking to a man the manager of the studio i teach at crown heights and she was talking about this this black yoga teacher. She's black as well. This black yoga teacher that she follows on Instagram. And he had this post about how he hates the fact that he's seen as like a black man that does yoga. He's like, I'm not a black man that does yoga. I'm a human being who does yoga who happens to be black. That's what, that's, that's what he said. And she was talking to me about it. She was like, I get what he's trying to say, but like the truth of the reality is, is that we live in this world, right? We live in America. We live in this society where people have, especially through social media outlets, a very distinct image 
of the exact world that you're coming from, the yoga world, which is 90% cute little white women. No, no judgment to like white women who do yoga, beautiful. But uh, when we're talking about images that are pushed to us through social media and ideals that are pushed to us, white women doing yoga is 90% of what you see. Um, and so like the truth of the matter is, is that you are a black man doing yoga. Uh, people see you probably as an anomaly. People probably see you as something that's very different than what they're used to. I see it all the time. People come into the yoga studio. If there's another white woman teacher who's sitting next to me, who's not even standing in like the teacher's area, they immediately ignore me. They immediately go to this other person. It happens so often. It happens all the time. And like the thing is, is that I think you have to like possibly, maybe... Like, acknowledge, like, the world that you live in. You have to acknowledge the fact that, like, yeah, there are, there are things that, like, exist. You're a black person doing yoga. People maybe don't see it that often. Own it. You know, like, <laughs> create your own safe space. Create a space that's different so that people see it and might be inspired. You know? I can't imagine that. Does that make sense? I don't know mm-hmm. if the parallel is, like very clear but it's just to me they kind of felt interrelated like creating a space that is like very different and like holding that with confidence with esteem and knowing that it could inspire change that makes sense to me it's difficult I, I can only imagine how difficult it must be though sometimes to feel like everything that you do you're trying to change somebody's mind or prove to somebody that their their misconceptions or their prejudices are wrong. That must be incredibly difficult, especially when, you know, all he's doing is existing and trying to yeah. live his life and pushing back against, some, you know, somebody else's problem, somebody else's block. Yeah. 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 But maybe it's not about, like, trying to mm-hmm. prove that someone else is wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just purely about sounds so corny, mm-hmm. but like living your truth, mm-hmm. you know, just like mm-hmm. living what like what you are. Yeah, and being. I mean, because isn't isn't it like? I mean, I can tell you that one of the most attractive qualities in a person is that when I see someone like fully just like taking in life, like you know. Hmm doing it as they want to you know what I mean and I may not understand things about them or why they're doing it but you know when you see a person who's just fully alive it's so fucking attractive it's and I mean attractive not in some kind of sexual way but in a like and like there's like light around them mm-hmm. and, and I just want to be near it and I want to learn from it and I want to also just exude it myself um being that I just want to be free. I want to feel free to move however I choose. I wonder, I, I like that you said earlier that you don't mean any disrespect through the word crazy. I think that's something, talking about masculine and feminine energy, I do feel like that word crazy gets applied mm-hmm. to women a lot mm-hmm. and is a, a really dangerous word, you know. People always talk about like, oh, my crazy ex. It's like, you know, it's, it's so, it can be very destructive because 
it, I think that it can minimize somebody who feels very, very strongly and mm-hmm. minimizes those emotions and writes it off. I think that I personally try, I try to avoid using it as much as I can, or at least in that context of a, a negative, yeah. negative connotation. I, I don't, you know, I don't see that applied to, to men. Yeah. It's, the same way I totally agree with that. It's, um, men, men, maybe, you know, and there are times that I talk to my friends, you know, when a girlfriend is feeling, um, you know, whatever she's going through in her relationships, um, we talk about things mm-hmm. and it, at least in the, my heteronormative girlfriend relationships, they often, you know, speak of the emotional coldness, um, and the sense of not knowing what's on their partner's mind, on his mind. Um, they speak of not being able to get things out of him. You know, these are very typical sentiments in my, my relationships, as well as many of my friends' relationships. Um, and that's something that I think is just, it's something we, as a society, we've done and we've upheld for so long. We, we've upheld this idea, right, that emotional giving only comes from one place, right? And that to, to harness that energy as a man mm-hmm. somehow makes you less than. You know, it takes something away from you. I think that's one of the most beautiful qualities of a human being is their, their ability to share and give up emotionally. It's, it's amazing to see man or woman, anyone in between do it, to see a human being like cry because they feel happy. You know, that's not crazy. That's, that's, that's emotional freedom. Mm. You know what I mean? To see my father who, who grew up in a very abusive physically abusive environment, emotional abusive environment. You know, being a man was pounded into him physically on a daily basis. And to see him cry, mm. I mean, it for the first time seeing my father cry, it probably, it, it was like seeing an alien just appear before my eyes. It's not something I was used to. But when my father cries now, I, it's it's such a beautiful occurrence. It's such an amazing occurrence because he feels that there's room for him to do it. He feels some sense of safety to express himself that way. You know, he cried to me the other day because he was heading down to Houston um, to help out with relief efforts. And he just was scared. He was scared. I'm, I, I was blessed by that, you know, like yeah. he, he doesn't have a place to go to just be like, I'm scared. And he did it with me. And I, I feel very blessed by that. Sorry. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I mean, for you to be able to give him that space. But that's kind of what it comes back to, like like we said. And I feel like, I mean, I don't know exactly what, um, you know, your father's experience, but just knowing from conversations that we've had and knowing the work you've done with your father, I feel like you have a lot of that probably was granted to him from your, like, yeah. you creating a safe space for it, you know? I hope so. Um, and that right there is such a... 
amazing reflection of of that creative potential to like give people <laughs> their life to give people like give people their life that space I like that. to explore that by themselves <laughs> to give people their life yeah yeah but that's what it feels like mm-hmm. it feels like more living it feels like I don't know. Yeah, I don't have to come up with another word. <laughs> no, it's perfect. You know, I, I think the deconditioning is where, like, it's just a practice, right? It's something, you know, Travis, you spoke about it earlier. It's just, you know, calling upon it that flexibility and and that balancing act. You know, just using it more often. You know, whether it feels right or wrong, I guess the attempt is, is where you get to do it. The attempt is where you get to live it. Whether or not it gets an outcome that I want or um, I say the right thing. I mean, I, I don't know it until I try it. I won't see the effects of my own freedom of living and, and then granting that to others unless I just do it. I want to gain as much experience of what it looks like to try, you know, than to be constantly walled in by my fears. You know, I don't feel good about being afraid to move and about being afraid to express or about feeling like I might do the right thing or the wrong thing. That's it's a very like exhaustive state of anxiety. I don't want to be there. I just want to say that I feel very blessed to have been to have met all of the people that I've met. And to have all the people of my life that I've had. You and Travis and Phil and I don't know. Just all these really amazing people that taught mm-hmm. me so much. Mm-hmm. And continue to teach me so much. So thank you. Yeah. Namaste. I'm just happy I got to talk to you guys today and mm-hmm. m- probably before meeting you I did not have an appreciation um, wow. for 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 life <laughs> to the extent that I maybe do now and I mean life as in like plants and birds and oh, dead ass like until doing like mushrooms with you guys I probably had never ever fully laid in wet grass and just like love the fuck out of it. it. Dead ass. So, Damn, I want to do that. Yes. So bad. <laughs> so bad. Um, but yeah, I just appreciate that that extra perspective on on the world. You know. Yeah, it's that's something that I've really moved towards lately, and it's been very. You know, it's funny. Back to the what the context of our conversation is. It's that balance between masculine and feminine energy for a lot of my life was something that I really was focused on and really struggled with. I never felt particularly masculine. I never very tall, never very, I wasn't like ripped. I wasn't, you know, I, I did not feel like I was what I thought a man should be. And so I, I dealt with that basically by embracing everything feminine about myself and really, really just diving into that, you know, especially in high school. Like I wanted to be a woman just because I, that was the space I felt the most comfortable in. And it, you know, it was, I'm glad that I had that experience. I'm glad that I embodied that so, so much, but I think that 
it wasn't until I got older. I mean, I've always loved nature, but it wasn't until I got older and I really decided to devote a lot of my time to being in nature. And that, that focus in my life uh, really helped me to step away from this constant struggle of how feminine or how masculine I needed to be. And it really allowed me to just set it aside and forget about it. And, you know, it does, you know, when you're looking at a leaf, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or anything in between or outside of that. You know, it's, there's a, a truth and a purity to that that I really appreciate and respond to. And that's helped me to have, that helps me have balance and that helps me have focus in a way that being hyper aware of what kind of energy I'm, I'm feeling or giving off never quite did that makes mm. sense mm. just to take a step away from it yeah it absolutely does it's, it's so interesting to me how that i never would have thought that those two things were particularly related but finding that focus and that balance i, I never expected to, to i never expected that putting so much energy into being aware of nature would have such a profound and, and positive impact into my sense of self and my sense of uh of balance and structure hmm. it really I don't know I don't know if I've ever even really understood it as deeply as I, I feel like I am right now but it's so valuable that's really amazing hmm that is <laughs> I <laughs> that is Trav because I'm thinking about the you know that trip we all took and or just like hanging out with you guys in the park you know I had no sense of like an identity, you know, like I wasn't choosing to be any one person out right. in that grass exactly. or, you know, walking through woods. Like I just, there was no sense of like a person showing up. It was just, it's us I don't know. It was yeah. bigger than that. <laughs> hmm. Never haven't thought about it like that. Hmm. Yeah, I yeah, think it's beautiful. very, very important to always, um, you know, one of the one of the things that I appreciate most about finding a very tiny hidden world in something like in a puddle in under a leaf um, and seeing everything that's happening there it, it is because it it helps me understand that that's that's what I am. I am something very small, very precious, but very, very small. And having that kind of context really helps me step outside of myself. And just relax a little bit. Mm. You gonna make my ass get up and take a walk? <laughs> that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's morning. In my PJs too. <laughs> Fuck it. I love to just find like I go outside. I look at you know like one like five square foot patch, and I'm just like, what am I gonna find here? And I just make myself sit in there and just be in it for a long time. Something always happens. That's so it's cool. great. Mm. See the power of creation. Mm-hmm. Like that's <laughs> that's that's amazing, Trav. So I love you so much. You just give me you give me energy, man. You do, you do. Thank you. It's, it's, I appreciate it because I, I was a little stifled about some shit, and I, I feel a little bit more capable right now for some reason. That makes um, me really happy. It's so easy to get caught to get caught in something, get caught in a, in a problem and looking for a solution for mm-hmm. it. I often feel like the best way to, to fix any problem in my life is to walk away from it for a little bit 
get some clarity, get some context, realize that not only is this problem, I mean, it's definitely important. It's definitely important, but it's not the only problem you're ever going to have. Too bad. You'll have more later. You've had some before. You're going to be, you know, it's like we're all, we'll be fine. I mean, it's going to be difficult, but that's, yeah. that's part of it. Mm. And yeah, not, not to minimize it at all, but it's just to, to give it a little bit, to take some of the pressure off of the problem, take some of the, the weight out of it by letting it, by, by making the problem something that you, that you feel like you, you have mm. a handle on, you can, you can hold, you can grasp. It's smaller than you. Mm. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's that's perfect. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate this conversation very much, and I've missed you, Travis, a whole lot. And I miss you a lot. It's very good to hear your voice and your thoughts. Yeah, same here. I don't know. You just, I love this very much. Um, and you know, Terrence. Yeah, you there? I appreciate. It. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you know, I love you. Um, I don't say it enough, and I know I don't. And I, you know, I don't think I can ever fully repay you guys and especially like the, the Chuck crew. Like there's just so much about those people. Um, I feel, I still gave, feel it. Right. I, 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 I feel like my it. favorite group of people in the world. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. It has definitely, that experience shaped me in a very, very, very good way. Like very, yeah. yeah, immeasurably and invaluable. It's, it was such an important Five years. It didn't quite even be five years. But it was <laughs> <laughs> you got out when you could. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it didn't go on quite so long. <laughs> Still, it was, it was very important. <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, okay, well, Travis, your voice is so soothing. It's like oh. crazy. <laughs> I'm just over here like chilling. That's funny. I, like, I could I could smoke to your voice. Just the sound. <laughs> listen to you read books and shit. That's how Sydney goes to sleep. I read her a book and she's you asleep. You do not. Within the first paragraph, so she's cute. out. <laughs> Ooh, that's amazing. Yeah, I read Sydney her some. girl. Annie Dillard, or I got her a book about romance writing, and she's we have not gotten through a single one of those stories because she's done. But I like oh, it. Oh, that's so sweet, though. <laughs> Shit, so I might have to do do charge for this. Could you put some rates up? Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. And for Terrence, as always, love having yeah. my convos with you. Yes. Thank you, everyone. You can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud and check out our website for any writing that Terrence and I have been doing. Um, also, from time to time, we will post playlists that we enjoy. Uh, I, right now, have a playlist that I'm going to share, and it's called um, Dancing While Walking. And it's just like my favorite jams that make me feel good while I'm, while, while I'm outside. I'm walking. I can't wait. That's that nice. sounds perfect. So, appreciate that. Um, yeah, and if you have any comments, want to share, or any reviews, go ahead and uh, do that on iTunes. Uh, give us some support and some love. Bye.